Well, the Super Bowl is set. That's after a uh, hell of a game for the the night affair with the Niners getting by the Detroit Lions, or I should say the Detroit Lions absolutely crapping down their entire leg as uh, they would fall to the San Francisco 49ers. 34-31, 34-31, then before that you had uh, Lamar Jackson, really uh, what looked like it was going to be a, a game for the ages, then kind of stalled out, and it was just the Chiefs being good, and Lamar, I don't, I don't know, um, I don't know, but the, the Ravens lose 17-10, to we get uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl, the controversy or the... Uh, Conspiracy theories surrounding the Super Bowl logo, I guess now is for not. Rowdy, good morning, though. Yeah, the the NFL logo conspiracy over. Obviously, we were looking for if that was going to be true. Yeah. The Baltimore Ravens and then the uh, the, the uh, San Francisco 49ers. So that that is unfortunately done. It's done. But now we have a brand new NFL conspiracy, and that's the NFL and Taylor Swift. Oh, because oh. now that that is blowing up and everyone's like, man, how could I be so dumb to not see how Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, the NFL wanted this for forever. Well, it's, it's <laughs> funny you say that, Rowdy, because immediately this morning I saw Well, I saw this last night. And I'm like, I'm going to talk about this today. Um, it's the Taylor effect in the NFL. Now, Taylor Swift wasn't on the broadcast much last night. Uh, I think for about a four-hour broadcast, she was maybe 24 seconds, I think, total uh, at the end when you saw Travis Kelsey down there. She obviously was panning on her. But, Rowdy, check this out. The Taylor effect. Since September, when the two knuckleheads started dating, since September. Did say that in that article? I, 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 well, I have it. Not knuckleheads. I added that. $331.5 million. $331.5 million. That is how much Taylor Swift has generated uh, in equivalent brand value for the NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs. Almost uh, $400 million already. $331.5 million. And you tell me that Taylor Swift and the NFL doesn't want her there for the Super Bowl, getting them all kinds of moolah. So, I mean, there's a... the. Uh, the uh, the logo for the um, conspiracy theory is like a fun one. This Taylor Swift one, I actually believe. Like, I I I'm more inclined to believe that conspiracy theory of Taylor Swift. There's definitely the logo a lot more one. money behind it. Yeah, and then like Travis the, Kelsey, the, Mr. Pfizer, the big pharma guy. The logo was probably created by some you know graphic design company for millions of dollars. Yeah. Even though any one of us could have came up with something very similar for Easily. nothing. Mm-hmm. But that really doesn't have any driving money behind it. Nope. Obviously, Taylor Swift and the eyes and everything. But did you see Patrick Mahomes' dad? What about him? So, obviously, you know, the the week before, he was in the box next to Jason Kelsey, yeah. next to Taylor Swift, and next to all those people. And he just looked annoyed as hell. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And, <laughs> oh, they asked him in an interview if he hopes that he could be uh, in the suite next to like Brittany Mahomes, obviously Patrick Mahomes' <laughs> wife, Taylor Swift, Jason Kelsey, and they kind of ran down the list of some of the celebrities. And he, they asked him if he hoped that some of them would be there. And his quote was, "I hope not." <laughs> and, and then, and then you had the pictures of him looking so annoyed in the, in those booths. Well, there was some um, uh, social media. 
out there on Twitter with pictures of him still in the park, uh, the parking lot, uh-huh. tailgating with fans, drinking beer, like right up until game time. And like all the tweets were Patrick Mahomes senior wants to, t- wants to take as long as possible to get up to that suite. Yes. <laughs> well, he, he had some more comments earlier in the season about it too. Um, but yeah, so the conspiracy theory is dead for the logo, but on the Taylor Swift and the Travis Kelsey thing, that is a conspiracy theory I could totally get behind. With the money that Taylor Swift generates, um, Travis Kelsey in the pocket of Big Pharma, uh, and then also uh, with an election looming rowdy, too. Um, I, all of that, totally, um, I could get down with. Or how about this? The Detroit Lions were up 17 points and totally crapped on their leg in the second half. And Dan Campbell, a guy who went from talking about you know choking people out and biting kneecaps and kicking your ass, uh, opted to uh, not take points. And uh, just kind of becomes conservative. And then the Lions did what the Lions do best, and that's lose. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, Dan, maybe that's more the reality. Than Dan the Campbell obviously was a guy that, and we even saw this in the last week of the regular season, he was all about being aggressive and finishing and, and not quitting. Then all of a sudden in that second half, after being up 24-7, to seven, they did exactly what Dan Campbell hadn't done all season. Yeah. And that was get conservative. They quit throwing the football because I mean, the lions, Jared Goff, and I know everyone was making comments on this online, man, a lot of balls that Jared Goff throw are ducks. Yeah. But they were a lot of wide open wide receivers that were going for big time chunk plays. Mm-hmm. They just quit being aggressive in the second half. They just stopped being them. And that, and that is exactly what the lions are. They're an aggressive team that punches you in the mouth and man, San Francisco took their best shot. And then when they took their foot off the gas, here comes San Francisco. Yeah. I may, maybe it's not the conspiracy. Maybe it's just that the lions like Rowdy just said, took the foot off the gas, man. Um, the Niners mounted a fourth quarter comeback. Uh, what? Uh, San Francisco mounted the fourth quarter comeback. Uh, uh, the fourth comeback ever from 17 points down. That's what I'm looking for. Or more in a conference title game. Thanks to some big plays by Purdy and bad mistakes from the Lions. And my gosh, Detroit just uh, couldn't do it. Couldn't get to that Super Bowl for the first time in franchise history. Uh, Niners are pretty good, though, Rowdy. Um, what? They scored 17 points in an eight-minute span uh, in the third quarter to tie it. And then they just uh, never looked back after there as it was, it was over for the lions. Sorry. Yeah. And I think overall, like you're talking about the conspiracy logo, you're talking about the Taylor Swift effect with these four teams. I don't think the NFL could have really went wrong. No. I mean, obviously with Kansas city, you have the Swift, the Kelsey Mahomes, Andy Reid. like it's a team that's been there, done that. They've been around a ton. The darlings. Yeah, they're they're like the new Patriots. Yep. Baltimore, you would have had Harbaugh thrown back in there. Uh, obviously, they would have connected that to Jim Harbaugh, who had just you know become the head coach of the the L.A. Chargers. True. Yeah, you obviously would have had Lamar Jackson, and we know we know that uh, some of the publications out there would have loved to have gotten Lamar Jackson out there in yep. front of everybody. Uh, the Lions, hello. They haven't won anything since the 50s. You get Eminem there, too. Hell. And then San Francisco is the one that, you know, everybody thought was going to be one of the better teams in the NFL from day one, start of the season. But now looking at the final matchup, I mean, this is a rematch from the 2020 Super Bowl. The 2019-2020 season, we have Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid taking on Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers. Just a different cat at quarterback. 
It's not Jimmy Garoppolo this time. It's <laughs> yeah, Brock Purdy. It's Brock Purdy. People don't like Brock Purdy, Rowdy. People really want to crap on Brock Purdy. Um, usually people like a success story, a guy going from Mr. Irrelevant uh, to now, I mean, hell, he's getting MVP votes earlier this season. Now he's in the Super Bowl. You're taking on Brock Purdy. Are you a detractor, Rowdy, or are you just a... I'm pro Brock Purdy. I think it's a nice story. I don't know why people want to hate on Brock Purdy. I don't really, I don't get the hate. Yeah, I mean, is he the best quarterback in the NFL? No. This is, is a cool story. Is he a top five quarterback in the NFL? No. Is he top 10 quarterback in the NFL? Probably not. But here's the thing. He's definitely top half. Yeah. He's definitely a, a middle of the road or better quarterback. And yeah, he's got a ton of weapons around him. But he, he, he makes all the plays he has to make. He's he's not Tom Brady. He's not Peyton Manning. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Patrick Mahomes. But he's pretty good, and he's got a good he's team around him. Pretty good, <laughs> and he makes pretty decent decisions. Yeah, I, I don't get I don't get the hate. The dude was Mister Irrelevant. Shows you a guy from Iowa State uh, gets drafted with the last pick, works his tail off. Now a couple things go his way with injuries and Jimmy Garoppolo, yada yada yada. Uh, but to make it to a Super Bowl when his team's been knocking, I think it's a really nice, fun story. Is it because he's like a non-flashy, uh, like a white kid? Is that is that why people don't want to like him? Like I don't, I don't understand the uh, the detractors of Brock Purdy. Like what a cool story! It's like a testament to working your ass off and getting you know, to a nice little spot in the NFL. I, well, and I don't the thing really is, it. like everyone was criticizing his play in the playoffs. He won both games. He came back and won both games. He beat the Packers and he beat the Lions. So he might not have had his very best games, but he found ways at the end when it mattered most to come up big and to win. Now, if they go out there and he throws five picks and they get crushed by Kansas City, so So be it. it. But I, I mean, don't think that roster will allow it. Yeah, that that's a good team in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, they opened as favorites in the Super Bowl game. What is Brock Purdy now the youngest quarterback? Um, was the youngest quarterback in Niners history to advance to the Super Bowl? That's pretty cool for him. Like we talk about the Detroit Lions losing that game and and taking their foot off the gas in the first half. How about the Baltimore Ravens they, just? Just looking like crap. They they had every opportunity to shoot themselves in the foot, and they did just that. Every time that they wanted to do something and had some momentum, they would shoot themselves in the foot with a self inflicted you know injury. Rowdy. Yeah, when Flowers fumbled on about oh. the foot line, and Legereus Sneed came through and punched it out. Yep. What a play! After Zay Flowers was chirping him and standing over him, and got called for taunting, and then what he 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 uh, cut his finger punching it and uh, on the bench. What you had uh, a couple other. There was another. I think uh, two. Um, personal fouls, some uh, roughing the passer calls on Patrick Mahomes that were tough. And then there's, I think, another taunting. The Baltimore Ravens just couldn't help themselves. Rowdy. I liked what the Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens attitude was. It's like, we're going to we're gonna let Patrick Mahomes know we're here. We're going to make him feel us. Yeah. Now, there was a few that went above and beyond. Oh, they called for it. But, I, I mean, I like that. I feel like that's how you have to play. You can't give Patrick Mahomes the extra no. 10 yards when he's scrambling or whatever. But... When we were talking on the razor's edge last week, we did take the under, which was a winner 17 to 10 game went way under the 44 and a half. I would, I thought there would be a lot of running from both sides. The chiefs ran the ball 32 times Baltimore where Kansas city is most vulnerable was on the ground. They ran the ball 16 times. <laughs> 16 times. And by the way, Lamar Jackson averaged nearly 10 carries a game in the, in his postseason career. He had eight 
And a couple of those were just like half ass. Maybe I'm going to run. Maybe I'm not. Gus Edwards, their starting running back, had three carries and averaged 6.7 yards a game. What? 6.7 yards a carry and he got three touches. That's where they're most vulnerable. You made Lamar Jackson throw the football 37 times. (laughs) 37 times. And he was not hey, by accurate. the way, I stand by my 13th he was, ranking. He was not accurate. He my was 13th all... quarterback ranking. Yeah. I stand by it. You know what? He Lamar was not Jackson, and he's improved throwing the football. He's still not a pocket passer. No. And I don't know if it was just because of the footing, because it was wet and it was probably a little muddy and soggy, whatever. But he didn't look like he wanted to run the football that much. He almost looked like he wanted to prove that he could stand in the pocket and complete passes downfield. But a lot of those passes, when his receivers might have had a step or two, they sailed over the heads. Yeah, they were overthrown. They were incomplete. My goodness, I think Lamar Jackson could have ran for a lot more yards than what he did. He just decided he didn't want to run. Yep. And um, like you you mentioned with some of the big-time plays, that and Lamar Jackson's poor play that lost them the game. Yeah, and they had the. I mean, they, I there. think they could have won that game. I mean, I mean look if, at if Flowers doesn't fumble there on the one yard line too. But also, can we say that the Chiefs got super conservative in the second yeah. half? Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, the game was what seventeen to ten. Uh, we thought we'd have well, Rowdy, when the game first started, and they it was like what uh, Chiefs go down and score, then the Ravens score, and then the Chiefs score again, and then you have uh, Lamar Jackson catching his own pass, which was a cool play on itself. I thought we'd be in for like a dazzling offensive display. It was seventeen to ten. I saw a lot of a lot of people like, oh man, Lamar Jackson caught his own pass. By the way, if if there was ever a prop of uh, Lamar Jackson receiving total, I think that definitely hit the over. <laughs> totally. I don't think it was ever posted, but uh, people are like, man, what an athletic play. Who's the last guy that could have made a play like this in the playoffs from the quarterback position? And then I saw people scouring the internet and I'm pretty, don't quote me, but according to Twitter, I did see, do you know who the last quarterback was in a playoff game to complete a pass to himself for a chunk of yardage? Who was it? You're never going to guess because he wasn't athletic. I have no idea. Brad Johnson, Minnesota Vikings. No way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I never would have guessed that. And I believe it was for a touchdown. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I'll have to go on YouTube that one. All right. So, yeah, Super Bowl. I'm going to get into it all. And we'll also, you know, compare and contrast how it means for the Green Bay Packers. I know that it's been pretty well publicized that Lamar Jackson has really struggled in the playoffs. Two and four now in his career. What is it? One win against a rookie quarterback and one win against Ryan Tannehill, I, I believe. I mean, he did not look good. No, he didn't. And it looked like it was going to be a great game at first. And he, and you know what? He he's starting to look old when he runs. Yeah. And and I, I'm not saying he like 28? he's clearly a good regular season quarterback. There's no doubt about that. And he's still clearly an athletic quarterback. But the whole thing was how long could he stay at that level? Like one, you were taking a shot because you had to build an offense around a running run first quarterback. Cause that's really what he was at Louisville. But he, he did have a strong arm. He wasn't accurate with his uh, throwing ability, but he has, I'll give him credit. He has improved greatly since his rookie year throwing the football. He's still just his improvements. Don't put him anywhere near those top elite passers. And when he's getting older and older, that was the reason why I think Baltimore was hesitant to give him a big time contract extension, because how much longer can he run and stay that athletic as the miles get more and more on those tires? Because the last two years, 
Yeah, he's gotten better as a passer, but he's only ran for like 800 yards and we added a game. When he won the MVP, it was at 21. Dude ran for over 1,200 yards. It's funny when um when he caught his own pass yesterday, Twitter was blowing up. They're like, he's a quarterback, he's a running back, and he's a wide receiver. Lamar Jackson is unbelievable. And then the rest of the game played out. But did like, you see like when he busted that like 20-some yard run on that fourth down in like two? Yeah. Did it look like he just was like, I can't outrun this guy, and he got down? Yeah, that didn't there. It's like he's already gassed. Yeah, there was there was a few plays where it's like, okay, he's still really, really quick, and he can move side to side way faster than any other quarterback. And then it's just like, but it was like the tank was empty. Like quick. it was like there was some of those plays where he got off to a little run, and maybe he picked up like ten or twelve yards, and you're like, man, Lamar Jackson two three years ago would have picked up like fifty. Yeah, but now it's like, and he, I almost felt like he tried to prove the the doubters and the haters wrong by saying, you know what? He's not a running quarterback. He can stay in the pocket and throw. Cause how many times in that game when he hit his back foot and normally the ball should be coming out. Like if you watch Brock Purdy, cause everyone hates on Brock Purdy mm-hmm. when he hits his back foot, normally the ball comes out because that's called playing on time. When you hit your drop, yeah. you're, you're finding the open man. How many times did he hit his back foot? No one was open or he didn't throw the football. And then he tried to stay in the pocket. And Tony Romo, I thought, actually did a good job where he's like, Lamar Jackson has got so much better of extending the play and staying in the pocket. But I think at times, all they needed was like a nice little run to move the football. And to he move wanted the to chains. stay right in there. Yeah. And how many times did he throw the ball 40 yards down the field and about three he, yards over the dude, receiver's head? Sail it just about every time. It was- Man. It was, um, I you mean, can't do that. You can't do that against Patrick Mahomes no. because you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to get his. That, well, I mean, the Ravens defense was, I mean, hell, they brought out what Terrell Suggs there somewhere at the time in the third quarter and he and, amped up everyone and they got a big stop. He, and then here's my thing too. Speaking of the Ravens and their defense, how it's just the bears, man. <laughs> Roquan Smith is an animal. That guy is a beast. He is so smart. He is so athletic and he is so good. They let him get away because they pissed him off so much. He didn't even want to be in Chicago and they traded him to Baltimore where I was sitting there on the couch watching it with my dad. And when Roquan Smith came off sides, I was like, that's genius. And my dad's like, what are you talking about? You just gave him a first down. Like that's the clock stays stopped instead of first and five. That's first 10. Then literally like two seconds later, Romo starts going off about how smart it was smart. It was BS. They gave him a personal foul, but that was smart as hell. Like that's a guy you want being a leader of your defense. Totally. How did Chicago let him get away? I don't know, man. It's this, this the bears. The bears are always going to be the bears. It's the thing. They're supposed to be good at defense. Yeah. And then um, what else happened? Zay flowers got hit with a taunting when he caught a big pass. Then he also fumbled it uh, right at the goal line. Um, The taunting was dumb. I, I get it. The fumble is kind of what it is though. You would have liked to have seen him, you know, instead of kind of having the ball out, like he he was, he kind of looked like he was in between if he wanted to stretch it out. Yeah. Cause he wanted the touch. He wanted the score. Obviously that, that was just a mistake of playing too hard. And I will always take a mistake by somebody trying to, the taunting was, was the dumb one. Uh, Jadavion Clowney with, uh, the personal foul roughing the passer on Mahomes of he bashed his brains in uh, a little late on a pass. Uh, that was a, I mean, you had to call that one. And some of some of the personal fouls that that were given were probably rightfully deserved, especially in today's day and age in the NFL. I thought there was one that was pretty BS, but I think they had four of them. 
and only one you could say was very borderline. The rest were in the rules of today was a little too far. Yeah. Like, I think Clowney's would have been clean if he didn't lower his head yeah, and, he and put in it head. into Mahomes' head. Yeah. If he just would have shoved him or if he wouldn't have brought his the crown of his helmet down, I think it would have been a play on. Mm. But who knows? It's also Mahomes. And hey, Mahomes gets all the calls. Um, he's the golden boy in the NFL, obviously. But that's the thing. Their defense. Now, I know we, we talked about this the first segment. Their defense or the, the Chiefs offense did look a little conservative in the second half. But that defense held Mahomes to 17 points yeah. and you didn't win. Yep. That's tough. I mean, the offense really sputtered. I like how how Odell Beckham Jr. all of a sudden became featured at the end of that game there. And he did what he had one catch, I think. I don't even know what Odell even did. Didn't even have a catch. I don't even remember. I got to look at the box score. Uh, they tried bombing one out to him, but Odell was just trying to, you know, no, basically. For a flag. And you had Mark Andrews back. He gave you a couple of catches. But, I mean, were you really expecting a ton from a guy that was making his first game back since uh, fracturing his fibula in November? Oh, no. no Zay, Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. He he was their he was best the wide receiver. Yeah, he was their offense. I mean, and I still don't understand why they didn't run the football. The weakest point of the Chiefs defense was against the run. I don't get it. Gus either. Edwards had three carries. Lamar Jackson in critical game time really only had about six times where he, you know, took the ball down and ran it. That's nine carries between those top two running backs on their team. Yeah, I they think had, Justice Hill might have had a couple carries. He had three whatever. carries for he had three touches for three yards. They had eighty one rushing yards and Lamar accounted for fifty four of those. Yeah. Like what are you what? And mind you, the Green Bay Packers. And it wasn't they like beat it was that good Chiefs weather. team. No, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. They beat the Lions too. Yeah, and they beat the Lions. And they took San Francisco to the brink. Packers, man. Packers, Packers could have been there. Gosh, they could have been there. And then um, I still do think probably the most complete roster when you look at it with skilled positions when healthy defense. It, it probably it's got. You would think the two teams that I would have guessed would have been. Baltimore and, and the 49ers. Yeah. Lamar just laid an egg. Yep. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Oh, by the way, he's now tied for third with like the Terry Bradshaws of the world uh, and those type of quarter and Peyton Manning with 14 playoff wins. The fact that the cheat dude, did you see Twitter? I don't know if you follow a ton of gambling Twitter or whatever, but I'm sure it was a lot of... I get my gambling advice from one man only. His name's Rowdy. There was a lot of guys and that were the out men, there that were tweeting. Dude, this, so much money was coming in on Baltimore. Everyone ba- loved Baltimore so much. By kickoff, in some places out in Vegas, like Circa specifically, they went to Baltimore favored by five. Really? Wow. They, they were the, one of the, the quotes from... What'd you get it at? You, you got the Chiefs. We had four? the Chiefs at four. I would. I actually like. I was looking at the Chiefs when it opened. It was like uh, Chiefs plus three. I'm like oh, giving Patrick Mahomes a field goal. Then it went to three and a half. I'm like, okay, I'm definitely going to play this. <laughs> and then morning we came in, it was up to four, and I'm like, okay, even better, four. Did you dip back in? I did not dip back in. I got it at four. Yeah. What was done was done. Yeah. But dude uh one of the quotes from one of the sports book managers out in Vegas was we need the Chiefs bad we are moving this line and we still can't get people to to well, put got money it. down on the Chiefs they got it rowdy dude I just don't I just don't understand how you can give Patrick Mahomes over a field goal in these playoffs the guy the guy He's finds ways to win he just wins dude like 
the one pass where he scrambled around, got hit and threw it, and Travis Kelsey dove and caught it. How many guys can make that play? There's not a ton of them. Only about and a handful. And he's one of them, and he seems to be the one that makes it consistently. Yeah. And then um, and uh, we were talking this to start the show, too. Now you got the Taylor Swift effect, right? Which, whatever, it doesn't bother me. Like, I just I like having fun with it, right? But we were talking about conspiracy theories and how the Super Bowl logo conspiracy theory is now put to bed. Uh, that's you know out of question now. But then we were thinking, well, maybe the Taylor Swift conspiracy is even more uh, viable here. Well, we talked about how Taylor Swift has given the NFL and the Chiefs uh, three hundred and thirty million extra dollars in um, in estimated brand value. So she's raising it three hundred thirty million dollars. Uh, Travis Kelsey uh, with you know Big Pharma. So there's another thing going on. And now Rowdy, five minutes ago. Here you go. Five minutes ago, because uh, we're going to be in the election season now, uh, Joe Biden's campaign is now hoping for an endorsement from Taylor Swift. Th- that just came up five minutes ago. Uh, inside Biden's anti-Trump battle plan and where Taylor Swift fits in, as the Biden campaign is aiming to make a, a Taylor Swift endorsement a big thing coming up here. And you've got to think it's going to be happening. Because uh, th- there's even more to the, I'm not getting political or anything, there's more of the quote-unquote conspiracy theory uh, that people want to throw around out there. Oh, I did. I did see that on Twitter. One, one, one went even further, saying, "Yeah, and when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and beat the Forty ers again, it'll be you know Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey up there on the stage, I and then to, Taylor Taylor Swift will join them. And what will they do? They'll endorse Joe Biden on the Super Bowl stage in front of millions and millions of people. Well, I have this here. Uh, this is a a guy put out a theory is going to happen." The Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Kelsey passes the trophy to Taylor before prompting getting down on one knee and proposing. Two months later, and she announces he's pregnant. <laughs> Marriage and birth rates skyrocket. And then Amazon moves their headquarters to Kansas City, and the S&P hits 9,000. <laughs> it's, all, it's all there in front of you if you want to get your tinfoil hat on. I love it. Uh, I'll get, I have some funny lion stuff, too, I'll get to. I'm still... I said going into the last weekend, between the four teams, I really don't care who wins. Except for I don't want to see the Chiefs, but I do want them to cover the four. Yeah, I'm still on that. I'm all in for the 49ers. <laughs> I do not want to see Patrick Mahomes, Brittany Mahomes, all that Travis collection. Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, Taylor Swift, all down the line. But now you have Patrick Mahomes has won two Super Bowls in three appearances. He now will have four Super Bowl appearances in five years. The dude's a winner. I mean, he's just a winner, dude. Uh, coming to Las Vegas, Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers. A valiant effort from the Lions until they went ultra-conservative in the second half. And the Ravens were their own worst enemy out there. They just could not help themselves. Had some rough in the passers, had some uh, taunting. And again, the Chiefs come up big rowdy with uh, one of those touchbacks in the end zone by punching it out at the one-yard line. That's two games in a row. I think if we all were being honest and at the beginning of the season you were told, yeah, the San Francisco 49ers were going to be in the Super Bowl, I think everyone would have said that makes sense. Because yes. remember we were going through it and we're like, what are the good teams in the NFL or in the NFC coming into this year? It was like, well, San Francisco's got to be number one. Uh, Philadelphia's got to be up there with number two. And then it was kind of like a, 
I don't know what is Dallas, what is Detroit, what is you know some of these teams going to be. But the two teams that you knew that were going to be some of the better teams in the NFC, it was San Francisco and it was Philadelphia. So if someone would have told you it's either going to be the Eagles in the Super Bowl or the Niners, I think a lot of people would have said that makes sense. Yeah. But Kansas City, this was supposed to be the year that Kansas City was down. All of a sudden... Travis, this was the year they were supposed to be down. And then you're watching the season unfold and you're like, oh man, like Travis (laughs) Kelsey looks pretty old. He looks like he's kind of becoming washed up. Now he he turned the clocks back uh, yesterday, but it's like, other than Kelsey, who are they going to get the football to? Obviously Rasheed Rice really came on this year uh, in the, you know, especially the second half of the season, but he was a rookie. He didn't have a ton of, you know, uh, idea that he was going to be as good as he was. And then it was, can this defense be that good to help carry Patrick Mahomes? I think Kansas city is actually the surprise for this year. And of course it was Marquez Valdez Scantling with the game ceiling. Catch almost dropped it. Too. Yeah. Of course it had to be MVS uh, that actually caught the ball when it looked like he wasn't going to, but caught Nothing the ball. Nothing can ever be clean with that guy. No. Do you see like when he was going down to his, or he's falling backwards on his back when he, trapped the ball on his chest it was it was still not like 100 percent secure it still moved around in there a little yep. bit i'm like yep that's nvs yep. <sighs> lions man what a disappointment though they really took the foot off but rowdy uh going with this i can't believe uh, actually i can but this is your first basketball pick college or nba and it's fading the bucks as the bucks are four point dogs or yeah four, four point, point dogs, dogs. Uh, Doc Rivers was introduced as a uh, new head coach yesterday. By the way, Joe Prunty always has a above 500 record as Milwaukee Bucks head coach. Undefeated. I th- they lost fr- uh, Friday to the Cavs, but he was 2-1. and one. And I do believe uh, with the Hawks last year, he was 2-0. and oh. And his last going on with the Bucks, he had a five, a way above 500 record. I don't remember the top of my head. 21-16. and 16. Yeah, there you go. Thank you, Rowdy. Joel Prunty, the apprentice, thank you for your service. You are the man. But now they turn it to Doc Rivers, Rowdy. I just heard a little snippet of there in the uh, top of the hour sports flash. uh, We'll just get to it. Doc Rivers on his return to Milwaukee after, uh, again, here's more Marquette talk for you. Playing at Marquette, he was an All-American in the early 80s. And then, um, you know, learning from uh, a lot of the legends, uh, here is Doc Rivers. Well, hello, Milwaukee. It's great to be back you know it, it took me a while I uh, will say that um, but for for me in in short personally for me being back here is is a dream I think about uh, Rick and Al and and Hank this is where I learned most of my basketball knowledge you know I, I came from three geniuses I really did I mean they uh, they taught me basketball they taught me life you know, Rick taught me all the restaurants in every city. So it's just really cool, you know, uh, being in a arena, like coaching in the arena and, and your jerseys hanging above you. I can turn to the players and say, guys, I swear to God, I play basketball. Just look up. I swear that's me. <laughs> I go through the restaurants in there, too. I'm sure a lot of them have changed since you were around last, uh, Doc, in Milwaukee. But uh, Rowdy talks now. How good is the Bucks roster as he takes over as head coach? You know, listen, I don't know yet. Um, I, I just know who they are as far as, you know, you, you see the talent. Obviously, I've, I've coached against the talent. Um, you know, um, so, you know, looking from afar, um, you think we got to connect this, 
you know, we know they all can play, uh, but we got to figure out this the best way for them all to play together and all to be great in what they do. I mean, clearly it's a talented team. I mean, look yeah. at look at what the Bucks and Giannis have done since that Raptors series in 1819 all the way to current day. I mean, it includes a championship and being a competitive, you know, what, final uh, Eastern Conference semifinals team like every year since then. Yeah. Like they're one of the four best team in the East essentially since 2018-19. Yeah. Like you got... Giannis, you got Damian Lillard, you got the remnants of what won a championship. And he's clearly, a, it's a good team. And he coached against a lot those guys. So. They were thirty and thirteen, and in second place in the East. Why wouldn't you want to come back? No, he was asked um, on what was it like being contacted by the Bucks for an open head coaching position in the middle of a season. Well, he was already an informal consultant, uh, behest of the Bucks for Adrian Griffin. So here is more from Doc. Uh, yeah, and for me, it was just a, a strange day because um, I was flying to Dallas. Uh, I was going to do the ESPN game on that Wednesday, and I flew up early because uh, I wanted to, you know, spend time with my daughter <laughs> who lives there and, and Seth, my son-in-law, plays for the Mavs. And I'm terrible with my phone. You'll find that out. Uh, I have my phone off, and I walk in my daughter's house, and she's asking me about the news. <laughs> I'm thinking that some political news happened, you know, and then she told me, and then I turned my phone on to a, <laughs> a lot of messages, <laughs> urgent, that, urgent, uh, urgent messages that I hadn't answered. So uh, it was a strange day. How about that? Um, by the way, when Adrian Griffin was hired, he was talking to, um, uh, I can't remember if it was Edens or Lazary, which one sold again, Rowdy to the Haslam group. Was it e- Lazary sold? So he's talking to Edens, I think. And Edens showed uh, Adrian Griffin a tweet from Adrian Rojanowski saying, hey, if Woj says it's true, it is. You're the new head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. So he found that out through his phone from a Woj bomb. And now Doc Rivers found out the news by his daughter, <laughs> who was on social media. That's funny uh, with the cell phones of those old guys. And then uh, here's more from Doc. How hard is it to take over an NBA team midseason? Listen, I've never done this. Uh, I wouldn't wish this on anyone. I, I can tell you that just from the day and a half. Um, but it's going to be a challenge. It's it's a challenge that, that I'm running towards. Um, Got to get organized quickly, you know. Um, can't try to do too much too soon. We're in the middle of a season, so we got to try to keep our rhythm. Um, there are changes that, that, that we have to make. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, and uh, we'll start working on it immediately. You know, it's, it's interesting. I looked at our calendar, you know. Um, I should have waited until after All-Star break. <laughs> you know, this is a tough stretch. Uh, but that's good, too. Like, I always say good. I don't ever say bad. I always, I do. Um, you know, Rex back there. First thing, did you see the teams we're playing? And I said, good. Let's bring it on. Let's, let's get it on. We went them all great. We struggled great. Doesn't matter. Our, our goal is to be great by the end of the year. and uh, But the biggest part of the schedule is the probably three or four practice days left for the season, like good days. So we're going to have to use shoot-arounds. We're going to have to do things a little different. So you're in a rock and a hard place coming in here, Rowdy? I mean, you're expected – you're second in the East. You're really good offensively. Defensively, you stink. Is, is Doc Rivers kind of a rock and a hard place? <laughs> 
sure. And then you look at the roster he has, where the team is in the standings, all the money that he's going to be getting paid for the next three seasons. I don't know. That's that's a pretty good rock and a hard place situation that I would prefer to be in. Well, on that, he says, <laughs> what is it like taking over a team with Damian Lillard and Giannis Adenikumbo? It, it, you know, listen, it, it, it depends on all of us. I was going to say just it depends on them, but it's not. It's all of us. Um, we the, the key is to get them both playing at their ultimate level and making it so they can do that together. That's going to be the key. Um, and not just offensively, but defensively, you know, as, as a group. Um, and that can be done. That will be done. Just being around them, I was around the, uh, the facility yesterday. They're all willing. Um, they just need to figure out how. Interesting. What was Doc Rivers brought in to do? Win a championship? Yeah, get, get this team back on yeah. track. Make this team a better defensive team. Win a championship. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like listening to this presser, there's a lot of excuses being thrown out there with you know the hardships or tough situations where if if, if he comes in and and they don't play any better, that you know it's a tough spot. Hey, I came in midseason. What do you want? You know. Uh, well, on that, he says this Bucks team and the expectations, i.e., winning a championship, reminds him of the challenges he faced at Boston in 2008. What happened in 2008 with the Celtics, Rowdy? Well, that would be the anything is possible where they would win a championship. What did you think? Kevin was Garnett. A, was it a miracle that they won a championship? I would agree. Here is Doc on uh, 2008 with the Celtics and the Bucks now. It's interesting. When I, I took the Boston job, I got a lot of calls from coaches to tell me not to take the job. The expectations would be too unrealistic. And I'm like, what? That's a, that's ridiculous. You want to that, and you you want expectations, and this team has them. All right, and then uh, two more. He's asked why he got back into you know head coaching at the age of 62. I was bored. <laughs> you know, I am not kidding. I was bored. Um, I would call coaches. You know, it's I can't even tell you some of the conversations, but I would call coaches just to screw with them. You know, um, and talk. But, yeah, I, I love basketball. I've only done it my whole life, um, either as a player or a coach. It's not like I've done a lot of other things in my life, you know. Um, so, yeah, uh, continue. To, to that, do, do you feel like you still have something to prove? I don't know I have anything to prove except for I want to win. Uh, you know, um, I, I like winning. Oh, that's good. One more? Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I mean – Coaxing him to go coach the Boston Celtics couldn't have been the toughest thing to do when you knew you were going to have Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. Yeah. And now he's well, in the same situation, but it's Damian Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo. But on the flip side, he has a championship from 08, so he's got that notch on his belt, right? Now it's like, okay, I just want to win. And one more from Doc before get the phone call. He goes, what would he be doing right now had he not received a call from the deer? 10 20 I would probably be on the third hole at Riviera or Bel Air, and it was good. Uh, but I'm a coach. I love coaching. Um, I will say I wasn't going to coach, though, ever, unless the right – I wasn't just going to take a job. Um, I have been contacted several times this season, um, and I wouldn't even take the call. So – I was dead serious that if the right opportunity opened, I would listen. If not, I was fine. And I love coaching. Um, so 
TV was amazing. Listen, I got to work with Mike Breen indoors, and Mike is not only one of the best to ever do it, he's also one of my best friends uh, for 20 years. So uh, that was a dream as well. AKA, he'd be golfing in high society LA. Because <laughs> I don't think I need to explain Bel Air, but Riviera, no. uh, the Riviera, that's Tigers. That's Tigers tournament. So he gets a phone call when, when his phone's on, like, hey, Doc, uh, we got a coaching position open here. You get uh, Giannis and Damian, and how about $40 million? Don't, doesn't it just feel like that this was horse plan B? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, we're bringing in Adrian Griffin, first-time head coach. We're taking a swing at it. But on standby, I make Doc Rivers my consultant. Because what did he just say right there? He goes, there were multiple times that basketball organizations called me and we're wondering what I wanted to do. And I said, no, I'm not interested. Only if the right situation popped up. Be a consultant. If this guy fails in his first year, you're up. And you'll get a bag. You'll get money. It'll be multiple years. We have Damian Lillard and Giannis. Yeah. We have a lot of other players like we're in Chris window. Mistleton and uh, yeah, Lopez. Brooke Lopez. Like, it almost feels like this was like a secondary backup plan. It, it, it's coming together too well for it not to be planned and all of a sudden just pull a trigger. It's not like you can't go golfing after June either. You know, if the Bucks make a championship run because that's going to be in June. They didn't go back to the Riviera, Rowdy, or Bel Air. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the Super Bowl is set. Niners and Chiefs. Dan Campbell, Lions head coach, had said uh, – It'll be twice as hard to get back to this point next year. This may have been our only shot, says Dan Campbell after the loss in the NFC Championship game. Well, uh, you know, when you don't got a generational quarterback like uh, the Packers did in one Aaron Rodgers, I would uh, tend to agree with him because what was the uh, knock or what was the thing every year for the Packers? Not a knock, but every year for the Packers. As long as you have Aaron Rodgers, you have a shot at a Super Bowl. Well, Rowdy, as long as you have Jared Goff, do the Lions still have a shot at a Super Bowl? I wouldn't, uh, maybe it would be harder, but at the same time, this is still a really young roster. You have to think about Dan Campbell's only been there for three years. First season, three, 13 and one. And they mentioned on the broadcast how they started that season. Oh, and 10. Yeah. Last season, they went nine and eight. They started that year one and six. Stop the Packers from going to the playoffs. last and year. And now look at where they are this year. It, this is still a really young team that still has another draft this year. Now, are they going to lose pieces? Yes, it's the NFL. Everyone's losing somebody here and there. I, I wouldn't say that all of a sudden their window is closed, but it's, yeah, it's, it, it's it's not closed, but once you're there, you're so close. It is hard to get back there unless you have, like you said, a generational type quarterback that always seems to be in the mix. Yep, and we know that as Packer fans. Lions, welcome to, um, welcome to heartbreak, you know? They're not doomed, but I think it's it's safe to say that the Packers who are rebuilding, the Bears who are rebuilding, and the Vikings who might shortly be rebuilding, at least the Packers feel like, especially in the last half of the season, are starting to uh, chomp at their uh, heels here. Now, Roddy, speaking of Super Bowls, obviously ours uh, this year's set, but next year's Super Bowl, odds are out. Where are some of the teams falling here, especially yeah, so uh, like, like the Packers? The, these came out last night, and it's for the 2025 Super Bowl. The favorite, San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. The team that they'll be playing, the Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs, they come in third. Team between them, Baltimore Ravens. Really? Now, 
when you uh, look down, here is your top 10. Niners, Ravens, Chiefs, Bills. I don't like that one. I think the Bills are falling apart. I think this was their last year. Cowboys. The boys. Bengals. Obviously, they're anticipating uh, healthy Joe Burrow with the end of the likes of T. Higgins and Jamar Chase together because they're coming to the ends of their contracts. Detroit Lions. Philadelphia Eagles. Miami Dolphins. And then you have these two teams tied. The Packers and the Texans, 25 to 1. So the Packers have 25 to 1 odds of getting to the Super Bowl next year. If I remember correctly, after they had traded Aaron Rodgers, I want to say the Green Bay Packers' odds to win the Super Bowl last year was 45 to 1. And now they're 25. And now to they're one. 25 to 1. And if you look at the NFC, they're only behind San Francisco, Dallas, Detroit, and Philadelphia. Okay. Which. Philadelphia feels like this is kind of a make or break year for Nick Sirianni. I think they're kind of like faltering. They're like falling apart. Like he's firing the DC. He's firing the OC. They're bringing in two new guys. Just like they almost, they had to bring in a new OC and a new DC last year. Cause remember uh, the OC got hired by the Colts Steichen to be their head coach. The DC and Gannon was hired by the Arizona Cardinals to be their head coach. And now the Eagles have Kellen Moore. Yep. As their OC and Vic Fangio as their DC. So they had to they had to completely swap out OC and DC. And it feel doesn't it feel like though Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts are teetering? Yes. Well that's everyone, why they, everyone loved Jalen Hurts last year and now look at it. I think you saw the same meme. It was uh Sirianni talking to their uh, their fired OC and DC saying like it's the Bane from um was it Dark Knight uh Rises where yep. it's like and it's Bane saying they expect one of us in the wreckage, brother. And it's it ain't going to be Sirianni. <laughs> He's like, I, I got to go get some other guys here. So I almost would feel like if I had to, t- to take a, you know, uh, a flyer on a Super Bowl winner next year, I would like the Packers over the Eagles. Hell yeah. The, the Eagles feel like, like I said, it's uh, it's kind of the tipping point for them. What are they going to be this year where the Packers are still on that upswing? Uh, you look at the other teams in the NFC ahead of them, the Lions, who we had just talked about. Do I think their window's over? No, but clearly we saw the Packers go into their place on Thanksgiving and beat them, especially after taking the absolute drubbing that was in Lambeau and at the end of September, it feels like green Bay is on their heels. Then there's the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy's back, baby. Do you believe in the Cowboys and Dak in the playoffs? Do you believe in big Mike and Dak in the playoffs? I believe in them in the regular season, but come playoffs. No, and then it's just the 49ers and obviously the 49ers are going to keep this window open as long as Brock Purdy is uh, still on his rookie deal. Yep. And yep. What Brock Purdy is going to be a third year quarterback next year. So you would think that they probably could keep this team pretty well together for two more seasons. Yeah. So there you go. Super Bowl odds out. And right behind them is the Rams, which I feel like they're kind of fading too. I know they got Nakua. I know they got um, Cooper cup. Kyron Williams, but Stafford's only getting older and that defense is only getting older. So I, I don't know. I feel so like Lions are what's what are their odds? Lions? They're about the Packers. seventeen to one. And Packers are twenty five to one. Let's uh Eagles are also seventeen to one. What are the Vikings at? Vikings are forty to one. And the Bears? Forty to one. Okay. So they're bottom. Makes sense. But I don't know, dude. I'm looking at these Super Bowl odds. I get the 49ers, right? But your second team in Baltimore, the playoff issues from Lamar. I don't know about that number. 
Chiefs make sense. It's Mahomes. I mean, I'm never going to write that guy off. Bills, they're starting to fall apart. That team's got a lot of contracts coming due and a lot of old players. Dallas in the playoffs with Big Mike and Dak. I get the Burrow if he comes back healthy. Lions, feels like the Eagles are on a teetering point. Miami, they seem kind of soft, don't they? Yep. Especially in cold weather. And here's the thing. Houston has the same odds as the Packers. But remember, Houston gave up a lot of draft capital to go get Stroud. And don't forget, they traded up to get uh, Will Anderson Jr. Yep. So they don't have near the same draft capital as the Packers. And then here's this. The Rams, I think they're getting old. The Chargers, I think that's a lot of Jim Harbaugh hype. And you know who else is 30 to 1? The Jets. How about that? Last year when the Jets traded for Aaron Rodgers, I think they were 15 to 1 to win it all. And the Packers were 45 to 1 to win it all. And now one year removed, Aaron Rodgers, Achilles, Packers and Jordan Love playing well down the stretch. Packers are 25 to 1. Jets are 30 to 1. Wow, look at that. Packers. Packers, mm. they say, have a better shot of winning the Super Bowl than the New York Jets next season. Jordan Love has arrived, baby. Oh, here's some Ursher for you. And oh, by the way, the team that is in dead last for odds. Your Carolina Panthers are 250 to 1. Oof, they are alone by themselves. <laughs> Line three, good morning. Hello. Yeah. Oh, hey, G Dub. What's up, brother? What's up? So I got a I got a bit of a hot take on a Monday morning. Yeah. It might it might be blasphemy. Just might be blasphemy though. I'm ready. The twenty twenty four men's basketball team for the Wisconsin Badgers beats the twenty fifteen Wisconsin Badgers team. Oof. Come on now. They do. Oof, I don't they know. Do. I don't know about they that. They do. Are you saying they this do. team right now is the best team in Wisconsin basketball history? Yes. They're flying on. Here's the thing. I thought about it. They are. We're watching greatness. We don't even know it. They're flying under the radar right now. Like we, we're just kind of taking it for granted. Like, huh, 11th in the nation, 13th in the nation, whatever they are. <sighs> they, they are under the radar. Good. They are that good. That is a hot take. I'm, I'm gonna say it's blasphemy. That's just a freaking hot take, dude. Did you did you find a little think... nugget in your garage? No, I did not. No, man. No. Who's better than I didn't hear... Who's better than Frank the Tank? I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hear. Yeah, well, that's the only thing. So yeah, Frank the Tank is the only one that that he's gonna dominate crawl. That's the only thing. But other than that, Wall Wall locks down Hayes. I mean, overall, every matchup, this team favors is favorite. The twenty twenty four team is favored. Other than other than Kaminsky, Man. that's my hot take. Uh, that's a topic today. I'm going to save that for after seven o'clock then, because there's there's a lot of things to get into that one. Just go Rowdy ahead. immediately cringed and said, "No, no, 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 no." I know. Yeah, well, I kind of, kind of figured, <laughs> but yeah, but that's that's I, I really do. I think. Like, Gita, real quick, real, right real, now. real quick. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How Rocky. many NBA players do you That's think are on this Wisconsin this. basketball team this year? I does it matter? Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. No, no it doesn't, Rowdy. <laughs> you if wrestle? you have NBA you talent, you clearly have a lot more talent than a standard. No. Okay, even guys at the end of the bench. even the guys that weren't even getting minutes on the Wisconsin team then uh, made it to the NBA. Rowdy, Rowdy, what? <laughs> 
There's maybe, I think there's probably one guy on this Badgers team that has a real legitimate shot at this point in the NBA, and that's A.J. Storr. Okay. Okay. That that Wisconsin team had a number of NBA players on it. Okay. See, look what I started. Okay. I love it. You're a content creator. GW, you're a content creator. Rowdy? See, Rowdy, you're welcome. (laughs) Smile. It's okay, bud. It's Monday morning. Smile. Get through it. It's Thursday for me. Yeah, Rowdy's off on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Today's just Thursday. Even more reason to smile. He's got vacation coming up. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right, oh, Gita, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that. That's a nice little topic. Oh, yeah. You were a content we'll machine. All right, bud. I think he bumped his head. CGW, love you, in buddy. In the garage. Yeah. He bumped his head. <laughs> we'll see you guys. See you, bud. That's a take right there. I heard one. Now, Wisconsin basketball is pretty damn good. Don't get us wrong. I mean, they just tuned up Izzo and Michigan State again. But, man, to say that they're better than the uh, the Final Four and championship team? Mm-mm-mm. All right, we'll get in. We'll dive into that. All right, uh, caller, call in. Great listener of the show. Great friend. Can't wait for Greg Apalooza, too. G-Dub, he called in. He said, I had something that might be uh, blasphemous, but I'm going to say it anyways. He's a content king. He said this Wisconsin Badgers team, basketball, would beat the 2014-15 team. Yes, the one that uh, took down Kentucky and went to the championship against Duke where Justice Winslow touched it. He He says, listen, I get it. People are going to be mad and bash the take, but sit back and think about this year's teams, boys. This year's team, in all capital letters. He said the 2024 bench and starting lineup is better than 2015. He said, go through the starting five and bench players. This year's team is better. Rowdy's just shaking his head. Yeah. G-Dub, I get it, man. This team is fun to watch. They're up first place in the Big Ten. They just spanked Michigan State. I understand it. They're fun. The bench had two players who were, were journeyman NBA players. That team in 2014-15 littered with NBA talent. Look at this year's team. Not taking anything away from it. Look at this year's team. A.J. Stoller could play in the league. Outside of that, who? Who? Who's stopping Frank the Tank Kaminsky? This is a butt whooping. So, RJ, your answer is t- <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there with... Nelly and most other people I've heard call in so far today. <laughs> like I don't see where where this year's team is better at anything than the fourteen fifteen. Do you guys remember where they always throw up around March Madness time, like the Ken Palm rankings or some of like the best teams to never win it or some of the best teams in the NCAA tournament, underlying st- statistics wise. And that 2014-2015 Badgers team is always way up there. They're always like on the top 10 list. Yeah. Because they were damn good. They would steamroll this team. Yeah. Now, Gina, I'm not taking anything away from your take. I think it's a beautiful, wonderful take. And so it, it gets the people talking. Hayes, Jackson. Listen. I, mean, Duke I hope. Decker, Gosser. Hap. I don't know. Johnson, if, Hap, no, this Hap team can make a run. Shirted. Yeah. On this team yeah. because they had Frank Kaminsky and Vito Brown. Yeah, I think this like, team <laughs> could make a run in March Madness, uh, and I hope I'm wrong when I say this. I don't know if they're going to be winning the whole damn tournament. I don't know if they're going to get the championship game. I don't even know if they get to the Final Four. I hope I'm wrong. 
But right now, ain't nobody beating the greatest team to ever grace the court at Wisconsin in the 2014-15 team. That team was unstoppable. We could really go through it when we have more time, but I don't yeah. see anywhere where this team has an advantage. They, they can go 10 deep, the, uh, the 2014-15 team. Yeah, yeah they, have guys, they had littered with NBA talent on that team. Everyone got a sniff in the NBA just about. Who's making the NBA now? Plus, they had uh, Matt Ferris and Aaron uh, Mache doing those videos. I don't see anybody on the team do- this year doing that. That'd be correct. Hey, but nobody, nobody waved a towel like those two, by the way. Yeah, the and, and by the way, if we're going to go all the way down the roster and say, oh, this is better in 2014 and 15 than right now, blah, 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 I think we also have to go down to those towel waivers and say, I'm sorry, but uh, Matt Ferris and Aaron Mache are are going to put a hurting on Isaac guard at the end of the bench. <laughs> like, yes. Those guys were like legitimately good high school players in the state of Wisconsin. I'll give you this. Isaac though. guard averaged six points at Oregon. I'll give G of this though. Wisconsin this year beat Marquette 75 to 64. The 2014, 15 team. They only beat Marquette 49 to 38. So we got, we got it better on Marquette this year. <laughs> what a score that was 49 to 30 then they went and waxed the hell out of milwaukee after that 93 to 54 <laughs> i mean and now they don't even play milwaukee anymore though that's sad really i know um and here's the other thing though uh that team back then they could beat the likes of like in arizona when they did they beat them two years in a row yeah, this team didn't beat and kentucky arizona and north carolina yeah right um, yep. Up, uh, Kentucky, Arizona, North Carolina, Oregon, Oregon, and that yeah. was when Oregon had some good teams. Right. And the first game they beat up on Coastal Carolina. So, G Dub, I love the I love the passion. I just don't I just I don't yeah, think anyone I'm sees not it. Sure, how many people are going to agree with you on that? But at the end of the season, if they do hoist uh, the the trophy and win it all, G Dub, you can have your time in the sun and say I told you guys. Let's so. let's also think about the expectations. 2014-15, the expectations was win a national championship. They had the pressure of needing to go back to a Final Four after just making it. Yeah, We're just hoping that this team makes it out of the first weekend. Yes. Which, they could. It looks like they could. They're good. But that's quite a bit different. It is. Line one, good morning. Hello. What's up, boys? Kyle. Hey, Kyle. What's up, man? You know, I can almost get on board with uh, this hot take. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I've been thinking... You know, if this current team had a legitimate, legitimate big man, you know, like a Frank the Tank, yeah, we totally could go toe-to-toe with that, that team. But, you know, Corral is good, but he still gets pushed around too much, man. He's, he still needs to hit the weight room. I mean, for being as tall as he is, you know, and, and we'll find out a lot of big stuff here, you know, coming up on Sunday when we play Purdue. <sighs> um, that, that, that's going to be a hell of a game. Yes, so, sir. Yes, sir. That, that'll be Hundred percent telling on how the rest of the season goes, if you ask me. Yeah, Gita, so I didn't say they would win a natty. I said they'd beat the twenty fifteen team. There's not, there's not, there's not. Yeah, they yeah they could go toe to toe with them, but yeah, I think Frank the Tank kind of gets the edge over Crawl for sure. Well, oh you know, yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. But hey, not taking anything away from this team, they're very fun. They're very exciting to watch. They just smoked Michigan State on Friday. That was awesome. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and like G Dub said, man, they're they're flying under the radar, and they are, you yeah. know. But they are starting to get a little bit of recognition. I, I heard they moved up to uh, six in the nation. Ah, uh, did I, you hear? I did not. I have to, I have to see if the new AP's out. I gotta go look. Uh, yeah, I, uh, someone told me that this morning. I hope that's not true because anytime they seem to move into the top ten, that's when. Yeah, it's not. Bad, it's bad. not out yet. Um, 
the so it must have been like a preliminary thing he saw. Yeah, because they're about 13th so. right now, so that'd be a big yeah. Up jump. Yeah. yeah, we'll see, we'll see, Kyle. And the one thing that I mean, you brought it up. The one thing that the 2015 team's got going for them is uh, you were talking about how this, you know, this year they're flying under the radar. The bullseye was firmly on the back of uh, the 2014-15 team to get, like Rowdy oh. just said, to get back to. And the, they the brought it almost every single yeah. game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's anyway. fun ride, Kyle. You the man, brother. Have a good day, boys. Tell me. That team went thirty-six and four. They had two losses to the national championship champion team in Duke. And then don't forget they lost to Rutgers at Rutgers when Frank the Tank was out with a concussion. Yeah. yeah. And they lost by five. And then they had a little oopsie against Maryland where <laughs> they barely lost to Maryland on the road. I, I mean, come on. Yeah. Gita, though, content creator. Love his uh, thought processes here. The pipeline of the north. Our guy, Troy. Hey, Troy. Hey, good morning, fellas. How are we doing today? I'm a, I'm a cloud night, man. Always living the I dream. Know. Good Troy. day to be alive. Hey, that, that uh, victory on Friday night was a, I, I think, about as complete game as you're going to see the Badgers. Um, and going back to G-Dub, because that's kind of what you led me into. Yep. Um, he, he, I think he is right with one thing that this team, like one through 10 or one through 11 is really, really strong. And, but only, unfortunately only five play at a time. And I don't, th- I don't think it's a good, good matchup this year's team because that, that team, like Roddy said, I think that team is just full of NBA roster guys and stuff like that. Well, but it's fun to com- kind of, com- it's fun to kind of compare. And, uh, Oh, before I forget saying hi to my, uh, buddy, Tom up in egg Harbor, he called in about 10 minutes ago. So I, I, I don't want to forget that, but, uh, I want to be a, like a, a parent here and tell Badger fans one game at a time. Somebody called in and talked about Purdue. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Blah, blah. One game at a time, because you know what? If if in past history, when we overlooked the, the Penn States, Nebraska, teams that are down, they come back to bite us. And Nebraska's got a legitimate team. So one game at a time, enjoy it. Um, and really, really looking forward to uh, Thursday going out to Nebraska. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Troy, it's going to be a tough week for the Badgers. They never really seem to play well in Nebraska. Nebraska's really good at home and have been the last couple of years. That's a team in yep. Nebraska that they're they're 500 in the Big Ten, but they let's not forget they beat Purdue by double digits in Nebraska. Yep. Right. That was it was like 14 points. They they they, they beat them. They you handled know. them. Unlike Northwestern, who beat them like by four. But you know, I was watching Purdue yesterday and. Zach Eady, his wingspan is absolutely crazy. <laughs> I mean, and, and I'm watching guys try to shoot the ball, and he's standing. He's not even jumping. He's standing, and he's rejecting them. Uh, but his wingspan, like, he, he can't get every rebound, but he was just trying to slap them out. And it's it's that, that that's going to create problems. But here I, here I go. I'm catching myself talking about the, the, the Purdue Boilermakers, and we should be concentrating on, the, on Nebraska because – um, Edie's wingspan know, is seven ten and a half. Oh God, it's Oof. something else. So, and he's only seven know. four. Yeah, he's like. Yeah. His, you can it, see they got they got a recruit coming in next year who's seven three. <laughs> <laughs> Purdue just loves those guys that are like freak freaks of nature. That are so they're like yep. knuckles drag on the if court. If you're seven two or taller, I almost guarantee you have an offer from Purdue. <laughs> yeah, right. But so this guy, he's seven three. But his obviously right now his his uh, body is not 
not quite with the skill level, but that's a project that they'll work with. And then I think they got another seven footer coming in. So I think they got two recruits next year, seven three and a seven footer coming in to take over for Mr. Zach Eady. So time will tell, but um, one game at a time, Badger fans, and we'll we'll be calling in hopefully Friday morning to talk about the victory. Yes, sir. So. Yes, sir. Troy, you the man, brother. Much love. Hey. You guys have a great day, and we'll talk soon. See you, Troy. Uh, uh, G-Dub, um, people wondering if you grew up in a house that had asbestos. Also wondering if uh, you had lead paint, maybe you ate paint chips, or if are you drinking from a Stanley Cup that has been exposed, uh, broken with lead. They're wondering if maybe that's why your your take is the way it is. I don't know. Uh, Rowdy, G-Dub also said, well, if Nelson's going to go down the rosters, make sure he uh, looks at the bench, too, for this year in 2014-15. Oh. Oh, Rowdy did. He's he Rowdy said and I quote I'm about to dissect this thing. I do not think that this year's current Wisconsin Badger team has any advantage over 14 and 15. If anything, I think this is a drubbing an ass kicking. This I would take if you gave me a line of Wisconsin 14-15 minus 19 and a half, I'd take it. <laughs> and here's here they got second they were the national they were the runner ups of the national championship. They had four losses that year, guys. They took down They Kentucky. lost to Duke twice. Yep. I think we all would agree that they got screwed in the national championship game. But well, they lose by ten, I think, at the the Kohl Center earlier in the season. They never play well at Rutgers, and Frank Kaminsky was out with a concussion. They lost by five. Their only other loss was on the road at Maryland, who always is a solid team. They lost by six. That's it. Yep. And they they were the team with the target on their back. They were the team that was expected to go back to the final four after making it. Like they they exceeded all expectations and went farther than I think most Badger fans would have been happy just to see them make the final four. No, they beat the undefeated 38-0 Kentucky team. Then they had to play Duke. I almost think that if that was in reverse order, Duke in the in the semifinals in the final four and then Kentucky, I think they want to want to they would have won it all because they they should have won it all regardless. Yes. But I think if you get Duke where it's the grudge match of a of a loss early on your home court and you get that win and then you really start to bring the momentum and Kentucky's 39 and 0. I think they would have definitely won it all. But let's just let's just get to the facts here. Frank Kaminsky, who's stopping him? Nobody. He was the national player of the year. NBA talent. Like, there's no doubt in my mind, if you go through these two rosters, that for a matter of fact, I guarantee there's no argument in this. 14 and 15 has the two best players on the court. Frank Kaminsky, no one's guarding him. Sam Decker is clearly the second best player on the court for either roster. Another NBA talent. Another right NBA guy. And then I guess you could get into the fact that maybe AJ store could probably play in the league. Maybe he could be the third best player, but there's no way he sneaks into the top two. There's mm-hmm. no way. And Oh, by the way, AJ store can go get you a bucket. Love the guy. Bet a godsend Phenomenal. for this Badger team. Sam Decker's guarding him. Sam Decker's bigger than him. Yep. I'm not saying that he's going to all of a sudden, you know, skunk AJ store and AJ store is going to have like no points, but come on, Sam Decker, NBA talent, AJ store could, could be in the look NBA. At what Sam Decker did against Kentucky. Those guys are NBA guys. Yep. And then let's, let's go on from there. I think it was Tom and egg Harbor brought up a great point. 
Who's the defensive lockdown player right now for the Badgers? Uh, you could say Max Klesman. You could say Chucky Hepburn. Whatever. Josh Gosser is better than both of them defensively. Even Zach Showalter is better than Klesman. Yeah, coming off the bench. You could argue. You could make the argument defensively was better than Hepburn. Mm-hmm. That's their defensive guy. So now you're telling me they got the the two best players. On both rosters, they have the two def- best defensive guards on both rosters. I'll go another forward with Nigel Hayes. He could play power NBA forward. NBA talent. He could probably play stretch three. Uh, look at the best shooters. You, we have Rob Reichel crying how Connor Asesian should be playing more. We've seen Max <laughs> Klesman get hot for a couple weeks. I don't care about any of that. Bronson Kadig was the best spot-up three-point shooter on any of these rosters. Yeah. Doesn't he have the record? He, he, oh, he did oh, he until did. Dimitri yeah, Trice, Trice played it, yeah. a whole extra season because of COVID. Yes. But I digress. Bronson Koenig's the best shooter on these rosters. And then when you talk about that bench, just because we we notably named some of those guys already, if you want to play Kaminsky, Decker, Hayes, Koenig, Gosser, that, that's like your five. But I know Trayvon Jackson was a starter. He was a senior that had experience starting in the Big Ten. Hit some big shots for him. Mr. Big Shot. Are, are we saying John Blackwell is all of a sudden better than Trayvon Jackson? Mm. He's a true freshman. Mm-mm-mm. Like, I like what I see from John Blackwell. Don't get me wrong. Trayvon is that seasoned vet there at the end of the, uh, coming off. And then, let's be honest. Vito Brown. Shades of Brown. Great dude, singer, too. Again, could come in. He technically would be like your third big man. Dude. Are are we serious right now? The third big man on this team is Carter Gilmore. <laughs> I think that Vito Brown could play decently well against Crowell. <laughs> yes, yeah. And he's number he's their number one big man. I, I don't see this. Like Tyler Wall. Have you brought up Duye Dukin yet? We didn't even no. He's an NBA guy too. Uh, no, exactly. Duye Dukin was a guy that whenever it seemed like. Oh, by the way, Bronson Cannon got a um um a two way deal two-way. with the Bucks, so there's another NBA guy. Duye Dukin always seemed to come up with big clutch shots, yeah. and he played sound defense. I think most people wouldn't have thought that he did. It, he would have done as well in the NBA and career wise post college as he did, but clearly there was talent there. I just don't see it, dude. Like. Frank Kaminsky, NBA. Sam Decker, NBA. Nigel Hayes got a taste in the NBA. Duye Dukin got a taste in the NBA. Bronson Kaywig, like you said, had a two-way contract taste in, in the, the NBA and the G League. I believe Gosser played in the G League and overseas. Zach Showalter could play overseas. Trayvon Jackson overseas. Vito Brown overseas. Yep. G-Dub, are you listening? He's listening. He just says, he says OMG. He's not agreeing. There's like nine, ten guys deep on this roster that are all solid NBA or European league players. Gdub, call back in and 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 give your. I'm give looking your t- at case. this roster right now. Call back in, Gdub. Crowell could probably play overseas. AJ Store probably can play in the league. Tyler Wall could probably play overseas. Wh- who else? <laughs> Chucky Hepburn could probably play overseas. John Blackwell. It's early, but. Like Chucky Hepburn, Chucky Hepburn as a freshman, you thought you, you know, when Chucky Hepburn was a freshman was scoring, I remember sitting there going, man, with Johnny Davis being a lottery pick or projected, you know, first round NBA pick, Chucky Hepburn's a hell of a freshman. Let's see what he can do. Scoring's down. Yep. Yeah. Maybe the defense is a little bit better. Maybe he's distributing the ball a little bit better. 
I still would have said as a freshman, Chucky Hepburn had a lot better of a, of a chance to play in the NBA than Chucky Hepburn as a junior. And then, Rowdy, you gave this uh, edge as well. This is the biggest edge. Here you go. Ready? Bo Ryan over Greg Gard. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Who was the man that, that was uh, oversaw Greg Gard? Who was the guy that was always there? Bo Ryan. Who was the guy that taught Greg Gard almost everything he knew? Bo Ryan. Who was the guy that no one ever questioned replacing? Bo Ryan. Who gets basically questioned whether he should be hired or fired every other game? Greg Gard. How many guys? Now, I know one of the big thing was Bo Ryan didn't recruit NBA talent. That was one of the, like the, the, the knocks, right? He got the two and three stars and he turned them into three, four and five stars. Well, we Greg Gard has been getting a lot of four stars, but they, they, I don't see any progress. I, I don't see yeah, any. We were talking to NBA guys. Uh, you have Johnny Davis. And Michael Potter. Who he he got out of the transfer portal from Ohio State. I'm trying to think of anyone else made it to the NBA uh, post Bo Ryan into Greg Gard. That were Greg Gard guys. Yeah, and we're not we're gonna count uh obviously Nigel Hayes as a That's Bo Ryan, Ryan. Yeah. uh Bronson Koenig two way as Bo Ryan. Mm-hmm. Obviously had Devin Harris in there, Alondo Tucker. Yep. Greg Steamsma was in the NBA. Yes, he was. I think Brian Butch might have been like a like an early version of a two-way contract. Like those type of guys, a lot of European. Kirk Penny, hell, was just still playing professionally in Australia until like a couple years ago. I'm trying to think if there's any other NBA guys. Uh, All I can come up with is obviously Johnny Davis and then Micah Potter. I I don't see as much development. That's my biggest knock on guard. It's not his recruiting. His recruiting's better than Bo Ryan, but the players don't ever seem to get better. A case in point, Chucky Hepburn. (sighs) Any other NBA guys? I don't think there is. What's Nate Reavers doing? Real estate or insurance? One or the other. <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> Combo deal. Like, we've always been searching for the next Frank Kaminsky. Once we saw Frank Kaminsky as a sophomore with goggles and a headband looking like a a turd out there, <laughs> and then he becomes the national player of the year. We've always been looking for that as Badger fans. We thought it might be Nate Reavers. Nope, that didn't work. Not at all. We thought that maybe it could be Stephen Crowell. Come on, he's not Frank Kaminsky. Nope. This is an absolute drubbing by 20 points. They played 10 times, Rowdy. How many times did they win? 10. <laughs> 11. <laughs> it's so bad. They, they give them Honestly, I think if you look at, if you take away just the most talented guys from the 14-15, Kaminsky, Decker, Hayes, uh, we'll take away Gosser, Koenig. Dude, if you play with Dukin, Jackson, Showalter, Vito Brown, then it's probably a game. That's that's your backups. G Dub, you need to he's like, I disagree. Call how? back call back in. How it. can you disagree with this? Uh, our guy Krebs, Jordan, hey Warner Jordan, he says they're not better than the Final Four teams, but they have a good shot at making a run for a Final Four. This 23-24 team. Their underlying statistics in 14 and 15 had them as one of the top 10 best uh, NCAA tournament basketball teams since 2000, and they didn't win. Yeah. And this is not knocking. This is not taking anything away from this team this year. They beat Kentucky, who almost the entire roster was NBA picks. Yep. Name a team that Wisconsin has beaten this year that's all NBA picks. There's none. The best teams they've played, they've lost to. And I'm, I'm not like trying to shove it in their face. I mean, Tennessee's good. They're in the top five. Arizona's good. They're in the top 10. Mm-hmm. 
But are those teams Kentucky that were 38 and 0? Are those teams that ha- do those teams have 10 NBA guys on each of them? Nope. I doubt it. Nope. 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 Like they're good teams. Do you think Tennessee or Arizona could beat Kentucky or play with Duke or even beat this Wisconsin team? No. Well, then I think you got to go look at the Arizona big... already beat Wisconsin by 25. Yeah, they, they knocked them down. Good. Then you got to look at look at the Big Ten in 2014-15 compared to the Big Ten now. I think you'd say the Big Ten was a better conference top to bottom 2014-15 than this go around. You got Purdue and Wisconsin on top. Yeah. Then there's a gap and it's like Illinois and Northwestern. Then there's a gap with everyone else. Yeah. I, this isn't even close. <laughs> G-Dub's loving it. He goes, hey, this could be blasphemy, but I'm going to say it. Content king, G-Dub. I think with the top 10 players from each roster, 14 and 15 absolutely destroy them. And even if you just played with guys 6 through 10 on the 14-15 roster versus all the players <laughs> from this year's roster, then it's a game. I'd love to see it. It'll never happen, but... Yeah, the 2014-15 team is a juggernaut. Again, if this team this year makes it to the Sweet 16, we're talking about a pretty nice bounce back season yeah. from an NIT the year before. Yeah. Not Final Four to Championship game. Hey, but if you miss it Friday, Wisconsin waxed Michigan State 81-66. to Another good game for By Bucky. the way, Frank Kaminsky has his jersey retired at the Kohl Center. I was in attendance for that game. Yeah. I don't think anyone on this current roster is getting their jersey retired. I don't think so either, Rowdy. It's another one for 14 and 15. <laughs> <laughs> and this team's flying under the radar um, outside of Wisconsin. That team in 2014 15, they had that gigantic target on their back. Do you Everyone remember was coming when, for them. Uh, they played North Dakota, and Frank Kaminsky scored like 40, was it 44, 40 points, whatever it was. Yeah. And he had the little like Wilt Chamberlain piece of paper. Yeah. He's going for 40 on Crowl. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> All right, thank you, G-Dub. Uh, now we say, uh, they're saying that we need another wrestling match between you and G-Dub at Gregopalooza 2. That'd be about as one-sided as the 14 and 15 team versus this year's team. Well, you already beat him, Rowdy, last year. Twice. <laughs> Convincingly, just like this game would be. <laughs> All right, there you go, G-Dub. He says, disagree. Stop, Rowdy, stop. G-Dub, if they win it all this year, call back in and you can, and you can have your time in the sun. 